niggas in the club tonight. Fuck them. But it's gonna be alright. Yeah. Yeah. Cause me and my clique, we don't give a fuck, nigga. Tweet daddy. Can he save golf? We've got Friday night under lights. Hawthorne versus Sydney. A crunch clash from the MCG. And we've got NBA action. What the heck's going on with the Cleveland Cavaliers? Has Kyrie Irving lost his marbles? This is no holds barred. And the they be fucking up the ballers and the dealers and the hustlers. Got me coming at you, bogus in the VI. While they bumpin' little child, I'm a Russian. It's a psycho nigga twist up a Chicago, rollin' with the Miami nigga that I crush him. We already be looking for drama. If a nigga try to get into a woman, then we gotta get him. Feel it pretty from the torture that can never be true. I'm a real killer. I'm telling you, put the pen and steal him. Got me swinging Christie and Hennessy bottles in the club. Yes, no holds barred. Here we are. We are back again. The no holds barred studio. And what a program we've got today. We've got to get stuck right into this. We've got some uh, amazing things going on in key areas of world sport. We're going to start off with golf today with the British Open. Then we're going to get into a little bit of AFL football. We've got a crunch clash tonight. Hawthorne versus Sydney, MCG. Finals on the line for the Hawks tonight. And then we've got to talk about this Kyrie Irving nonsense. I absolutely cannot believe what is going on over there with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Kyrie Irving wanting to leave town. Really, first world problems for, for Kyrie and the Cavaliers. Um, but we're going to get onto that to wrap things up. We're going to start with golf. And Jordan Spieth... Winning the British Open late uh, last weekend. There, we spoke about uh, golf on the on on the previous episode, and we spoke about Tiger Woods, and you know when he would be coming back, uh, his struggles since uh, you know, and his his basically his uh, his career spiraling out of control since all the uh, the on the off off the course incidents that was going on. Um, Tiger just had back surgery there a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, will he make it back to the tour? Uh, it looks highly unlikely at this stage. But Jordan Spieth winning the British Open. This guy has burst onto the scene over the last couple of years, uh, winning majors and and really catapulting to the forefront of of the game. The question I ask is, you know, is Jordan Spieth is he exciting enough to to carry the game? Um, the problem with Spieth is, and I think it's the only problem because, you know, there's no underlying his talent, his mental resolve, uh, his maturity, uh, all these things. Uh, you know, the package that is, that is Jordan Spieth and a world class class golfer. The problem is, 
the golf fraternity and, and sports fans, but especially the golf fraternity, they're looking for, for somebody to replace Tiger Woods. And, and Tiger Woods is irreplaceable because there was no one like Tiger. Uh, as I said previously, from 1998 to 2008, there was no one more dominant in golf, let alone all of world sport. The, the conversation really resolved around the fact that, like, how, how many majors is this guy going to win? You know, he's got, he was really on track to blow uh, Jack Nicholas away uh, with the, the major titles record. But since then, it's been uh, an incredible downfall. And, um, you know, Tiger may never recover. Um, so golf is really looking for um, that next superstar to, to carry the torch. Rory McIlroy burst onto the scene, signed a huge deal with Nike. Um, he's kind of faded out a little bit. Uh, Jason Day came out of nowhere. Uh, the Australian, the Australian player, uh, one of my favourites, without a doubt. Really, really like uh, what Jason Day is all about. He's um, he's taking a bit of a break from golf now with um, some family issues, some some health issues there. So we wish Jason all the best um, in, in terms of that. Um, but Jordan Spieth, there's no doubt about this guy. That he signed a major deal with Under Armour. Under Armour, uh, really, for the first time threw their hat into the, into the ring with, with the golf game. Um, and they've got, got their superstar uh, in Spieth. You know, with, with Jordan, the thing is with him, though, he, he really, there's nothing really exciting about him at all. Uh, he's like the complete opposite of Tiger. Um, quietly spoken, not loud, doesn't throw clubs, doesn't swear, um, is not giving fist pumps and, and, and firing up the crowd. He, Jordan looks more like... Uh, more like an accountant than um, you know a, a sporting superstar, and, and I think this is um, this is the only issue that he tends to have. Um, as he's walking away from the gallery, you wouldn't even know that um, he's even in the field or he's even playing. Where Tiger Woods, you couldn't miss him. You know, he was built like a linebacker uh, or you know or a centre half forward, um, AFL football centre half forward. He, uh, you know, he hit the ball incredibly long. He was loud, abrasive. Uh, he was a he was a firecracker. He was a showstopper. And um, Jordan Spieth is basically the complete opposite of that, you know. And I think it, um, in terms of with golf, you know, is it the answer? Answer that they're looking for for the next torch bearer after the great Tiger Woods. Now, you know. I think the straight-up answer to that is there is not going to be one player that's able to carry uh, the tour, the PGA Tour, like Tiger Woods did because I think he was a transcendent talent. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see anybody really quite like him, and if we do, well, it may not be in this lifetime. But I think a combination of Spieth, you know, Jason Day, uh, Rory McIlroy, uh, Dustin Johnson, I think there's a bunch of guys there. Um, I think who's the other guy there? Um, where's the Puma gear? Ricky Fowler, I think it is. Uh, I think he's underachieved up until now. Um, but Spieth is the only one who's really shown any consistency, but I just think he lacks that excitement factor. Yes, he, he looks like the boy next door. Um, Under Armour are investing a lot of money into him, which is which is fantastic. Uh, Under Armour making a real splash in world sport. They have uh, Jordan Spieth, Andy Murray, um, Seth Curry. They, uh, they are... Uh, Michael Phelps is the other one. You know, really got a stable of uh, of world class athletes there, and uh, you know they uh, present a little bit of a uh, a bit of an X factor uh, 
in the sports apparel game. And Nike, even though uh, Nike are, you know, have the majority of the market share, they'll be looking over their shoulder without a doubt. Um, but Jordan Spieth, when it comes to golf, well done. Congratulations for winning uh, the British Open. Uh, he's the, he's the, the most steadiest player. Uh, I think he shows the most mental resolve consistently uh, on on tour, um, and I think he's going to win more majors. But I just think that um, when it's all said and done, Tiger Woods and the Tiger Woods effect it will be uh, will be missed. Uh, it's being missed right now. Uh, the tour is losing lots and lots of money, but Jordan Spieth is a, is a breath of fresh air. Uh, a new American hero, a new American champion, and uh, I just think he may be a little bit too boring and not exciting enough to to take the game to where it was when Tiger Woods was uh, was winning major titles and, and hitting 400, 400 meter drives. So, as I said, well done to Jordan Spieth, British Open champion, two thousand and seventeen. But uh, Tiger Woods, you are missed, and you know. We hope you can uh, get back on track and at least get back on tour and play some uh, some competitive golf because uh, the game sure does need it. This is No Holds Barred. You know, the Spieth, the Spieth one's an interesting one. Just need a little bit more excitement. He's maybe a little bit too, too clean cut. Dustin Johnson, he's an interesting one. I think he can take the game back to, well, it's not to where Tiger took it, but, you know, I think he's, uh, he's more of an interesting kind of, kind of cat. Anyway, enough about golf. We are back here at the No Holds Barred studio. We're talking about AFL football now. Friday night under lights, MCG, Hawthorne versus Sydney. These two powerhouse clubs are going to shape up tonight in what should be an absolute cracker. This is going to be a crunch clash. Sydney are on some type of run, sitting in sixth position on the AFL ladder, looking to go higher, to think that this side could blaze their way into the top four over the next couple of weeks and set themselves up for a tilt at the premiership is absolutely frightening considering they started 0-6. And Hawthorne, they've been up and down like a roller coaster this year, not knowing what you're going to get week to week. But they have improved every single week over the last four or five. They've been super competitive. And tonight they get a crack at Sydney, if they pull up short tonight, their uh, their premiership season will be over because you would think that where they sit on the ladder, that they are not going to play finals this season with such an even uh, even competition. They they've still been able to remain in the hunt, but tonight uh, it is all on the line. And the last time these two clubs met at the SCG, it was big Jared Roughhead kicking a late goal. Uh, from about 55 out, raking left foot goal to uh, to get the Hawks over the line by two points. And tonight shapes up as 
another cracking contest. As I said before, an absolute must win for Hawthorne. Uh, they are playing at the MCG. It was a surprising result last time they played at the SCG. And, and Sydney, they get a chance to really flex their uh, premiership muscle here tonight and really uh, put the competition on... We'll make the competition aware that, you know what, uh, we're not going anywhere. We are, we are basically uh, letting everybody know that... Uh, you know, we believe we can win the premiership, and if they get, come out tonight and, and put a an absolute smashing on the Hawks, it'll go a long way to to putting the the rest of the competition on notice. I don't think that'll happen. I think we're in for a, a cracking game tonight. I give Sydney the edge with uh, with Buddy Franklin, and uh, you know they're more experienced on ball brigade. I think Buddy really has been uh, having a phenomenal season. I, I think it'd be. In terms of the best, the, the, the best and fairest count for the for the Sydney Swans, I think Buddy's got to be in contention. Uh, he is kicking threes and fours every week uh, in this competition, and yeah, it's not sevens and eights like it uh, like it used to be, uh, you know, fifteen twenty years ago. But it's a different game now, and if you're kicking threes and fours and sometimes bags of five in the AFL, um, you know that you are definitely having a consistent year. And, and I think Buddy. What, what he's able to give that uh, Sydney Swan side uh, is truly, truly underestimated. He's doing something freakish every single week, but he's also uh, being extremely consistent. So uh, expect Buddy to possibly be the difference there tonight. Uh, Hawthorne, you know, you know, they've got their, their, tough, their tough leaders in there. Luke Hodge, his last year, they want to uh, send him off uh, and play some good footy for Hodge uh, for the remainder of the year. That's why there's so much... Uh, so much focus will be on this contest tonight. If Hawthorne lose, that's them done and dusted. Their season is over. They'll be playing for um, playing for uh, for peanuts for the remainder of the season. And, and Sydney, uh, as I said, top four is still in their sights, so they have a lot on the line as well. I expect Sydney to to get the victory in a tight one here. Expect a hard physical clash. It should be a beauty. Friday night lights. It's always a spectacle when these two teams clash. They've played in some big games. Over the, uh, over the last four to five years. Two powerhouse clubs with plenty of pride. And uh, tonight should be a beauty. And you need to check it out. Uh, tonight, MCG, Friday night, under lights. This is no holds barred. Yeah, should be a beauty tonight. Hawthorne versus Sydney. A bit on the line. Expect a physical contest with those two. In saying that, here at No Holds Barred, we're going to segue onto some NBA news, some NBA action, a little bit going on. We're going to get into the Kyrie Irving uh, situation here in a minute. Got a bit to go on there. You're going to hear a, an explosive rant. But first, I want to talk about, still on the Cleveland Cavaliers, I want to talk about Derek Rose. Derek Rose has signed with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, there was talk out there. We did speak about how Rose was looking at the Lakers. He was looking at the Cavaliers. He signed a, a one-year deal uh, for, for around about $2 million to play with LeBron James at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, a very, very interesting situation going on there in Cleveland. And uh, Derek Rose will be... Uh, taking 
his talents or, or what do you, what he has left to give, I guess, with his um, yeah, his physical situation. Uh, he's not the same player that he used to be, of course, with um, some serious knee issues. Um, but uh, Rose will be going to Cleveland uh, to partner up with LeBron James uh, to see what uh, what damage they can do in the upcoming season. The damage that's going on in Cleveland is more uh, with the rest of their roster, uh, with the focus not being on what they can do on the court, but really what kind of team are they going to have. Derek Rose, a real interesting story. You know, came into the league uh, out of uh, University of Memphis, um, the Chicago Bulls, he's, he's a Chicago native, was really uh, catapulted into um, superstar status, was a, a well-likable guy, um, you know, signed a $150 million deal with Adidas, a $150 million shoe deal, which uh, has turned into be a real big bust for, uh, for Adidas, uh, a huge money deal to be the face of their brand, and ever since then he's, he's had absolutely nothing but injury problems and uh, has not played to the level uh, that he uh, he was expected of. He, this guy is always injured, um, and um, you know even though he had a good season last year, uh, really in New York, uh, you know about 18 points, four four boards, uh, four assists. Uh, controversy still um, surrounded him. The team went 31 and 51 last year in New York, and um, Derek is basically is uh, a rental player and. He's going to join LeBron and, and um, you know, really go across there in a, in a backup role. Look, he may be starting now with this Kyrie situation. We're going to get onto that here very, very soon. But, you know, in terms of Derek Rose, this guy, uh, in terms of how he can help Cleveland, for starters, he can't shoot. We're, we're in a shooter's league now. We have spoken about that. If you can't shoot in the NBA now, you can't shoot the long ball um, then you're a liability. It's really as simple as that. He can't defend anybody, uh, especially with uh, the way his, uh, his physical situation is these days. He wasn't really a, a first-class defender in his prime. Um, and, you know, basically he was handed an, handed an, an MVP, uh, similar to Russell Westbrook, um, this year. Um, and in fact, they're very similar kind of players. Um, very ball-dominant ball dominant, uh, point guards who... Um, shoot a low percentage, can't shoot the three-point shot, uh, don't really like to pass or get others involved. Um, and, it, you know, and, and Derek has problems staying on the court because of, because of that workload, because he, he's, he's basically always been about himself. Uh, and, um, you know, that's the bottom line here. And, you know, the situation in Chicago there when he was the face of the franchise there at the Chicago Bulls, when LeBron James was a, was a free agent, he refused to, to get on the phone and try and re, re, recruit LeBron James to Chicago. He, he basically came out and said, it's not my job to recruit. That's, that's the front office. Um, bottom line is this, smart players recruit other players. That's, what's, that's what goes on. Um, LeBron's smart. He gets players to come and play with him. Um, you know, that's why he went to the Miami Heat because uh, they put together that super team. It's no different with the Golden State Warriors, with Durant and, and uh, Draymond Green and, and Thompson and Curry. Um, they, put the, they put the feelers out there. They, other players recruit other players. That's how you get uh, to, to play with uh, superstar players around you, and that's how you win championships. That's how you become a, a force in this league now. You cannot do it all by yourself. And Rose, uh, 
really looked at it like, well, it's not my job to recruit. I'm just, uh, I'm just the point guard here. Um, yes, you were the point guard, Derek. And um, the reason why you weren't able to get through uh, LeBron James and the Miami Heat was because you just weren't good enough. Um, you know, LeBron took that MVP slight uh, offensively, and he basically shut down Derek Rose uh, in those uh, Eastern Conference uh, playoffs. Um, you know, LeBron was guarding everybody on the floor, and when it came to the fourth quarter, uh, when Derrick Rose had the ball in isolation situations, Le- LeBron James just basically put his foot down and said, Derrick, you know, you're not good enough. You can't score on me. Um, and um, Le- LeBron is just a different kind of player. He understands that you've got to have good pieces around you no matter how great the individual is. And, and Derrick Rose paid the price for that, and his stay in Chicago didn't work out very well. Um, New York last year um, disaster once again he came out and said that um, New York were, were going to be another super team uh, you know Derek Rose is basically he's, he's delusional coming out and saying that that um, Carmelo Anthony, Derek Rose and Joachim Noah can compare to a super team such as uh, Durant, Curry Draymond Green and Clay Thompson. It's not the same thing. You've got a bunch of guys on the back end of their career who are always injured, can't get along with each other, um, dysfunctional, a dysfunctional franchise. It was never going to work out, and for them to go 31 and 51 is absolutely no surprise. Now, to make this decision to go to Cleveland over the Los Angeles Lakers, it's another interesting one. I think it's a bad move for Rose um, because he's going to be basically rotting on the bench playing garbage minutes there in Cleveland um, if Kyrie Irving is not moved. Now, we're going to get on that here in a minute because we've got an all-time classic rant coming up there on that one. But, you know, in Los Angeles, he could have... Uh he could have gone to LA and been a bit of a mentor, a bit of a mentoring role for, for Lonzo Ball. Um, but he chose not to. He's ch- chosen to go to the Cleveland Cavaliers, where not only that, though, the Cavaliers after this season, what is, going, what is their franchise going to be? Um, you know, really, they've, there is so much unrest there and so much uh, uncertainty that... You know, what's Rose going to uh, to go to Cleveland and then, okay, where do I go next year? Where With Los Angeles, he could have went there in a bit of a mentoring role, um, you know, played some good minutes, put up some good numbers, and then, you know, maybe get an extended contract uh, based on performance after that season. But, uh, you know, just making bad decisions, uh, professionally speaking, you know, he had a couple of options there. There was, wasn't really much of a market for Derek Rose, um, but... Considering the situation in Cleveland, they were like, all right, well, let's, let's take this guy. And, you know, all it really adds for Cleveland is it's just another guy who can't shoot, can't defend, um, you know, cannot shoot the long ball. And the, Cleveland have got a bunch of old guys that can't do anything that the league is all about these days, shooting the long ball, um, you know, being unselfish, passing, uh, defending uh, at the defensive end. And, you know... For him to go to Cleveland, uh, I just thought it was an interesting one. And LeBron's going to get... Uh, it's going to be LeBron and, and Derek Rose there because I don't know how long uh, Kyrie really wants to be there. He's come out and said that he wants out. But, you know, Derek Rose in Cleveland 
is just something that uh, I just think it's, a, it's, it's an interesting piece, but it's not a winning piece because I just don't think he's going to make them better. Even if Kyrie hangs around, he's not going to help them get over the hump to beat, beat the Golden State Warriors. They're just not in the same class. Kyrie knows that. LeBron knows that. I think this thing is done in Cleveland. I mentioned this last week. Uh, there, there were cracks starting to appear everywhere with this franchise. And I think LeBron's leaving town. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, he's upset at what's going on here. And I think uh, if you're a Los Angeles Lakers uh, fan or you're in the Los Angeles Lakers organization, you are absolutely loving what is going on in Cleveland because they are just, they are just destroying their franchise. This is No Holds Barred. You know, Derrick Rose, man. It's like, can't shoot, can't defend. Always injured. You know, I just... The Cavaliers are just... They're just falling apart. They're in free fall and they're just looking to plug some holes. In saying that, we need to get on this Kyrie Irving issue. And Kyrie Irving... And the LeBron James partnership looks to be over in Cleveland. And I think this is a massive, massive mistake for Irving, straight up. We've seen this before in uh, the early 2000s with the Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal situation. We've seen Kobe and Shaq coming together, um, forming that uh, inside-out combo which the league had never seen really before or hadn't seen since, uh, since the early years, since the, the Kareem and Magic really uh, combination or, or Wilt, uh, you know, Jerry West. But, you know, the three-peat that the Lakers won, you know, if Kobe and Shaq had been able to work out their differences and play together, the Lakers could have won upwards of... <laughs> I mean, who was going to beat those guys? They could have won upwards of eight or eight or nine championships in a row. But they weren't able to figure it out. And we all, we all know the story. Kobe um, stayed in LA. Shaq traded to Miami. And, um, you know, the split occurred. And we've got a similar situation here with this Irving and LeBron James situation, you know, typical alpha male, uh, massive ego, all about me, selfish mentality and attitude, and it's basically a situation where Kyrie Irving basically has no appreciation for what he has his hands on or what he's involved with in terms of being able to play with a LeBron James, a a transcendent player who is arguably the greatest player that the league has ever seen and for him to come out and say I don't want to be here anymore I want to be traded away I want my own team you're basically going away from what in the direction that the league is going you've got other teams coming together you've got other players wanting to play with other stars James Harden Chris Paul in in Houston Um, you have obviously the situation in Golden State uh, the league is going in a direction of, you know, stars need stars to be able to win NBA championships. And Irving, who, you know, it's been said he's, you know, he went to school at Duke, even though it was only briefly, it comes across as an intelligent kind of uh, individual. This, this is just 
uh, uh, makes absolutely no sense whatsoever um, for him to go want to be traded away somewhere and and to have no one around him of, of any value and to think that he's going to be able to single-handedly uh, dominate this league or get back to the NBA Finals is absolutely delusional. It, it is absolutely absurd. Whereas in the perfect situation in Cleveland where he shoots more than LeBron James, he, he gets more shots than anybody in the league, he never has to guard the best player uh, that the other team has on the floor. Le- LeBron basically does all that. He doesn't play any defense at all, so he can't defend. Um, He's able to slip out the back door when the heat's on because LeBron takes, uh, takes all the heat with what, what goes on there in Cleveland. Um, you know, so for Irving to, to come out and, and uh, willing to walk away from what he has his hands on here, you basically go to the NBA Finals every single year since LeBron basically came back and, and other players around the league are going like, what is he, what is he talking about? You know, other players would absolutely love to be in the situation that Kyrie Irving's in. You're still able to put up amazing numbers. You're playing in the Eastern Conference. Um, you're that much better than every other team in the Eastern Conference that, you, you know, you're going to be playing in the NBA Finals every year. Um, it's just, it just goes against the grain of what really makes sense here. You get, you know, he gets tremendous exposure. You know, he's got a great shoe deal. NBA Finals every year. LeBron, one of the greatest teammates that you could ever imagine. He's unselfish. And, and Irving comes out with the whole, what about me? What about me, me, me? First world problems. Alpha male, massive ego. And I think it's a massive, massive mistake. Uh, and he's going to look back on this at the end of his career and say, what was I thinking? What was I thinking there? I had everything. I had the exposure. I had one of the greatest players of all time as my captain, leader, and teammate. I had an amazing shoe deal. We went to the NBA Finals every year. And I decided I wasn't happy and it wasn't good enough. I mean, I actually want Irving to go to the New York Knicks or or go somewhere where it's all about you. And trust me, three or four years of getting beat down and beat up and winning, you know, 35, 40 games and struggling to make the playoffs because, you know, you're a ball-centric, talented point guard that, um, you know, it's all about you. Um, You'll look back and go, man, my body's breaking down. I'm wearing down. I'm tired. We're not getting what we want here. He's basically going to give all that up just through selfishness. And if you take a look at, you take a look at Kyrie with LeBron. The year before LeBron was drafted, the Cavaliers went 17 and 65. So they were a great franchise. Not 17 and 65 they went. And then LeBron shows up, and they go to the playoffs. They go to the playoffs when LeBron shows up out of high school. Then when LeBron decided to leave and head to Miami, take his talents down to Miami with Dwayne Wade and, and Chris, Chris Bosh because Cleveland management didn't get him any support or get the players that he needed to win the NBA championship, the help. He leaves and goes down to Miami. And overnight, the 60-win team that was in Cleveland headed up by LeBron, they go straight back into the lottery. And they go 97 and 215 without LeBron. 
Without LeBron, they went 97 and 215. During that time when he was in Miami, they got three lottery picks in four years. The Cavaliers got three lottery picks in four years. They butchered two of them. They take Anthony Bennett, who, you know, is a total bust. You know, they get they get Kyrie. The other one was Wiggins, who they traded in the Kevin Love deal. So they butchered two of those picks. Okay, nothing to do with LeBron. Okay, then LeBron decides to come back to Cleveland. And they go from a 20-win team, and then every year since he's been back... They go to the finals every single year. They go to the finals every single year that he decides to come back and lead the club. I mean, it just blows my mind. I mean, Kyrie Irving, he's got what we like to call the, the number one pick syndrome. You know, all, all about me. What, what, what about me? I'm the, I'm the number one pick. You know, I was the number one pick. I don't need LeBron. The problem is... LeBron makes every single person that he plays against or plays with as a teammate, he makes them feel inferior. Because LeBron can play Kyrie's position better than Kyrie can play the point guard position. Except LeBron's six foot nine, you know, two hundred and fifty pounds, or let's say one hundred and fifteen kilograms. He can he can play Kyrie's position better than Kyrie can. And Kyrie's you know, what he's probably one of the top three point guards in the league, uh, in the world, on the planet. And LeBron plays that position better than Kyrie does. And he doesn't like it. And other players don't like it. Because they're used to being the guy, the man, all through high school, through college. Hey, through the NBA, I'm the number one pick. It's all about me. And then LeBron just makes other people just feel completely inferior. And Kyrie is really taking this the wrong way. His mindset is, man, I can do this by myself. Like, I'm getting no credit here at all. I'm getting no credit whatsoever. It's all about LeBron. No, LeBron's all about team and winning championships. And, you know, for Kyrie to be carrying on like this, he has it all. Exposure, shoe deals, NBA finals every year. You know, shoots more than LeBron. Doesn't have to guard the other team's best player. LeBron handles that. What about me? Me, me, me. And other players around the league are going like, what the heck is, is Irving talking about? Is he delusional? You know, the answer is a resounding yes. He's clearly delusional because this is absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. And we've seen how this plays out before. We saw this with the Shaq and Kobe drama, which, you know... Kobe has the Lakers to himself, and it wasn't until they were able to get Pau Gasol in there and get a, a, a solid supporting cast around him. Lamar Odom is another one. Derek Fisher provided great support. But Kobe was able to figure it out. He was able to salvage a couple more titles to end up with five in the back pocket. But as good as Kyrie Irving is, he is not Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was a transcendent player. He's definitely a top 10 player of all time, okay? Definitely. This guy was a killer. And he was six foot six, six foot seven, and could shoot like you wouldn't believe. Had, had a killer instinct, was an assassin. Kyrie, you know, six foot, six foot one guards in the league. It's tough, it's difficult. 
and he's basically taken LeBron here for granted about what he provides. And this is going to end nastily for Kyrie Irving, and he deserves everything that he's going to get, without a doubt. You know, if he leaves this roster, you know, basically the Cleveland roster is a bunch of overpaid dudes who can't defend. Derek Rose, Kevin Love, Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith, Channing Fry. Who are those guys stopping? They're not stopping anybody. And, you know, LeBron knows this. He's got every right to be upset, you know, because ever since he came into the league, he's carried this franchise, he's carried this city. And, you know, if he bolts for LA or he bolts to uh, back to Miami, who would blame him? Who would blame him? And the Los Angeles Lakers right now are going, this is unbelievable. Every move that we make is turning to gold and every all the pieces are falling together. Magic Johnson, the magic man, is there in Hollywood going, this is awesome. Cleveland are self-destructing and they're sending LeBron James straight to us. And, you know, Kyrie is not Kobe Bryant. He's not. He wants to try and prove that he can do it all by himself. And I think it's going to end up badly. And as I said before, other players... Like Damien Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers was shaking his head and he was quoted as saying, you know, in an interview he goes, I don't know what's going on there with Kyrie, but who wouldn't want to go to the finals every single year? He goes, who wouldn't want to go to the finals every single year? He goes, we are battling, battling just to make the playoffs in Portland. And Lillard, he's great. He's one of the best point guards in the, in the league. He's one of the best point guards in the league. He just, he said it true. He said, LeBron just makes the game easier for everybody. That's what he does. Guys like Damian Lillard know that. Other players know that. They straight up know that. And as, as Damian Lillard said, he goes, LeBron, he just makes the game so much easier for everybody, man. So much easier. So I don't understand why you would want to leave that. He's got it all. Exposure, shoe deals, NBA Finals, LeBron, guarding the best player. So, you know, basically you've got a bunch of overpaid dudes who can't defend anybody. And Irving's going to bolt town. And LeBron's looking around going like, man, I, I give so much to, to, to all these guys. I make them better. They get all this exposure. And they don't have any appreciation for what they have their hands on. It's the number one pick syndrome, all about me and Kyrie Irving. Uh, a great example of, you know what, uh, making, a bad, making a bad decision and letting emotion get involved. Hopefully smarts, for his sake, hopefully smarts and intelligence win out, but it doesn't look good. And LeBron... Uh, he is the he's the prototypical teammate. He is the guy, you know, and he's probably sitting around going like, "How long have I got to carry these guys, and this this city and this franchise? I don't need to be here. I brought a title back to Cleveland. I gave the city what they wanted after 50 years of pain and anguish. I gave them. Uh, I said I, I did what I I set out to do, and 
I think after this year, he's done because this circus is out of control. And, you know, if he wants to head to the bright, back to the bright lights of, uh, or, the, or the, the nice sandy beaches of, of Miami, or he wants to hit, hit Hollywood, go and join the Magic Man and what they're doing there, and, and win titles and build his brand there, you know what, go and do that. Because without LeBron James, the Cleveland Cavaliers have been absolutely embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing and diabolical, and they will be again, and they know it. And Corey Irving, good luck. You can head to New York, try and do it your way. But I think you'll look back here in the long run and say, man, LeBron, he was a beast. And... Uh, that was a bad call from myself there because I feel beat up. I've only got one ring and that was the ring that I won with LeBron. And there's a bit of a pattern there. Wow, what a show. Explosive show. That NBA segment there, that was a long one. But hey, a lots, lot to get through there. Lots lot to get through. Derek Rose, Kyrie Irving, LeBron... Uh, this NBA season is just uh, the off-season. It is just storyline after storyline, man. And it's been great bringing it to you from No Holds Barred. It's been a tremendous show. You guys have a great weekend. And we'll be back over the weekend with more sport. This is No Holds Barred. you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.